the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Now, Joe Biden and his his democracy, the joke of all jokes, the American mafia Democrat promoting democracy at the same time they've been frauding the damn thing for the last hundred years. These rats. You know, I had a friend of mine call me and uh, we grew up together. He said, you know, listen, brother, I, I, I love you. I listen to the show every day. And, you know, my dad was a Democrat. My grandparents, I was a Democrat. You know, you're awful hard on the Democrats. Now, a normal person probably would have said, well, you know, let me, t- let me explain it this way. I said, who are you talking to? We grew up in the same place. Who are you talking to? The Democrat Party that people think fondly of when they say Kennedy, which, by the way, one of the most conservative presidents in American history, and I could prove it in 50 different ways. Those don't exist anymore. The Democrat Party has been subverted. This is why I ban them from my show. I forbid them from listening. They will not be on the YouTube stream. They will not be on the phone lines. I prevent them from coming on. Because what they are today is quite simple, and they prove it in every bill. They prove it in the bring back bankruptcy bill, or build back better, whatever the hell that dimwit in diapers is calling it. They prove it at every turn. What these bills are and what this party is, is the antithesis, the absolute provable definition of corruption at each and every level. Totally. So to me, it is not a political party anymore. I do not allow fascists, Marxists, communists to call themselves liberal either. These are things I will not permit. So if there are still people out there that are saying to you, yes, I'm a Democrat, what they are doing is that they are admitting that they are in the mafia. It is that simple. Because their bills, like this Bring Back Bankruptcy Bill, is a mafia manifesto through and through. It has everything in it from insider trading to payoffs to contributors. It also has union subsidies and rules where you can only hire the extortion labor mafia. It has welfare for votes. That's what they used to do in the old neighborhood. Cicero, my old neighborhood, all of them. You know this, Bridgeport. What do you do? You, you scurry up the bums, you buy them a quarter ripple, they put it down their throat, and they vote Democrat, right? That's how Daly stayed in office all those years. That and giving jobs to every moron and morphodite in the world, as long as they continue to get their entire family to vote Democrat. And you know it, and I know it. So don't come at me with this benign Kennedy Democrat BS. They don't exist. What we are facing right now is a crime family. 
That is what the American Democrat mafia is through and through. And in this bill that they are going to pass through parliamentary procedure, believe me when I tell you there is collusion also of old lady face Mitch McConnell, magic pants Mitt Romney, and the rest of the establishment political whores and pimps that will benefit from the bankrupting of this country. So that's why I identify them particularly as anything but an American political party. So whether this imbecile in diapers is promoting some form of democracy when what he really represents is voter fraud, or if it's some establishment Republican selling you a line of BS what you want to hear to your face, getting in the limousine laughing at you, and becoming part of this organized mafia manifesto that we're calling a bill or a government or whatever the hell it is. I will not tolerate this kind of bald-faced, obvious lying. And you know what's refreshing? There are some, just a handful, of politicians out there who happen to be Republican, although I find them just as repulsive as the vast majority of every single Democrat and the vast majority of Republicans, just as repulsive as I do all the rest of the political whores and pimps. But when I like you, I like you. Now, you know I like Ron Johnson. You know I like Rand Paul, Mike Lee, Ted Cruz. This Kennedy from Louisiana, I love this son of a gun. Uh, The truth of the matter is, and this is what we're disagreeing over, President Biden, Senator Schumer, Speaker Pelosi, my other Democratic friends, have proposed the Build Back Better bill. Mafia manifesto. Now, any economist with a pulse will tell you that it's going to cost about $5 trillion. Now, here's the other thing. You can get an economist, like you can get a scientist, like you can get a, 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 a germ expert, like you can get anybody. You can pay them to give you any kind of report you want. That's how our government exists, on bribed and paid off so-called science and endorsements. So these Keynesian economists who say it's going to make things better, they really know that it is an absolute and total lie. But they are paid to give an endorsement, and that's what they will do. Without the gimmicks. It's going to raise taxes a couple of trillion. We'll probably end up having to borrow another three trillion to pay for it. We'll have to borrow the money. We don't have the three trillion. We don't even have 5% of it. Honestly. Now, I think that the bill represents a spending, taxation, and borrowing orgy that we don't need. But I understand my Democratic colleagues disagree. I get that. Um, My Democratic friends can't pass and implement the bill without raising the debt limit. That's just a fact, because they won't be able to borrow the money. Now, if, if I don't support the bill, why do I want to support allowing them to borrow the money, especially when Senator Schumer, my friend Senator Schumer, can do it on his own? He can do it before the weekend is out. So what they did is they tied it to Medicare. They tied it to the seniors, because now the seniors will be the useful idiots of the Marxist mafia. All he's got to do is do a simple amendment to the budget resolution. 
What am I missing here? And I know a deal has been made, and some people are going to vote for it. You're not looking at one of them. And I respect their right to make a deal, but I didn't make a deal. But I've been put in a position of saying, okay, Kennedy, we're going to show you. You got to choose between keeping your word to your people or cutting Medicare. Because these rats, along with Republican direction in old lady face Mitch McConnell, tied the bill to spending on seniors. So now if you vote against it, when you're up for election, the Marxist mafia and their cohorts will flood your district with ads how you cut Medicare, Medicaid to seniors. You see what kind of scum we're dealing with? And we wonder why Congress polls right up there with skim milk? That's why they look around and they see frauds and liars in every direction. I, I really gr regret that my bill didn't pass because it would have protected our elderly. And I do support protecting our elderly. He had a bill that was going to separate the scheme cooked up by the gargoyle Chuck Schumer and old lady face Mitch McConnell. They worked behind closed doors to tie it to Medicare spending, the rats that they are. And by the way, the reason I call it a mafia manifesto, I just gave you the pluses when I said insider trading, payoffs to contributors, the welfare bribes for votes, the money for the drug addicts, the money for the gambling projects. By the way, that one in Chicago, that's going to be publicly funded. There'll be all kinds of scams and schemes as they get today's modern day of feminine wise guys to come in and put their names as developers. The whole time you're paying for that scheme. This bill also has extortion and variety of new taxation. It also has massive amounts of money for their own forthright Gestapo called IRS agents to examine every nook and cranny of every honest person's spending and, and money in this country. Every honest person will be absolutely investigated. Do you think the lobbyist son of, of, of the mafia member Mike Madigan, or do you think any of Ed Burke's family, or do you think little Dick Durbin's wife will all get audited? Or do you think anybody that voted Republican will? Capitulation, limitation, extortion, coercion. It is a mafia manifesto. It has nothing to do with a bill of bringing back better. You have to be inside the organized crime that is the Democrat Party. That's why there is no such thing as a Democrat anymore. And if they do say they're a Democrat, they're one of the wise guys. Beware. And it would have protected our farmers. And I do support protecting our farmers. And this so-called deal puts them both at risk. Thank you very much, Madam President. Parliamentary trickery. Procedural. It's, it's, it, it's legalized crime. Do you realize that everybody in the Biden administration has worked hand in glove with the scam that will go into green energy movement, with the scam that will go into social media, Internet? It's all one giant pay-to-play scheme. And it's despicable and disgusting. The only good news is, for a brief respite, we were able to keep out some of the biggest mafia crime family heads that this country has ever seen. America is the greatest country in the world. Hillary Clinton. Shut up. Shut up, Duchess of Chafington. 312-642-5600. Hey! James Brown. Got, got That's my guy. Hey! Not only... A registered Republican, 
That was before the Republicans completely became wretched sellouts, the way 80% of them are today. Very active in American policy. Did you know that? James Brown, very politically active. You know why? He made the world go round. He not only was an earner and didn't want anything for nothing, he actually had the principles and understanding of how important it was to stick up for the principles of this nation. He would be disgusted with the modern-day Republican, let alone the Marxist Mafia Democrat. Tom in Blue Island. Hey, Sean. Called you about a month and a half ago when the last uh, world's going to come to an end debt ceiling issue was up, and McConnell implored the, the Republicans that he would not stand for this come mid-December. And you said, or I asked you, well, what's he going to say? He just said he won't deal with it, and you said he won't do anything. And you know what he did? Absolutely nothing. He didn't say a word, and he just went ahead and went along with it, just like you said. I'll tell you so what, I either think it's worse. an apology, a cigar, or both. I'll take the cigar. No apologies. I'll tell you what, what I think he did is even worse. He colluded with his friend, elected in the same year. Did you know that? Both him and the gargoyle Chuck Schumer were elected in 84. He colluded with his friend, not his adversary, not someone he disagrees with, his friend, because in this mafia manifesto, there's payoffs for the Republicans. They're going to get control of the money, too. And this is what the whole damn thing is about, sadly. And unfortunately, there are too many special interests by the greed of the recipients of this fraud, both in the, in the banksters, which are a combination of bankers and gangsters, the banksters, and even so far as the individual senior who became, don't touch my Medicare, don't touch my Medicaid. They, they don't even care that they've been ripped off their whole life in the name of it. Now they're just looking for the greed of getting all the things they can get for free. And those are the same people that will argue about these young kids want college tuition for free. The, it's laughable, the irony here. And it's sickening. Because all you have to do to really pay off some insider scumbag trading with hundreds of millions is just give a little more welfare cheese to the recipients who live on the government sustenance. It's a, it's a flaw of character, and it works every single time. And nobody cares that we don't have the money, and you got to just keep printing it. At the same time, you're acting just as the Weimar Republic, Venezuela, and every other country that committed suicide. Thank you very much, Tom. Appreciate the call. Cigar will do. Teresa on the north side. Hey, Sean. Uh, to quote President John Kennedy uh, when he said, Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. In other words, do not depend on government to help you. Get off your butt and do it yourself. And how about Kennedy's tax, taxation policies? Kennedy's taxation policies were lower than any Democrat since him. Not only that, That's right. he wanted to eliminate the progressive tax. He wouldn't want to limit American citizens on what they could make in this bill. If you are an earner, if you want to have multiple businesses, if you aspire to be wealthy, you're done until this is ripped yep. out. You're That's done. Right. Because what, what the fascist, the feeble fascist, who has stolen hundreds of millions to his scum brother, his scum sister, and his crackhead son, this guy has made it so that honest people, just like organized crime neighborhoods, 
honest people can never get ahead because you're extorted at every time you go to work. You're extorted every exactly. time you open the shop door. It is a mafia manifesto, not a build back better. And it's sickening to me. Thank you, Teresa, for the call. I appreciate it. Mike on the south side. Hey, Sean. Uh, I, your call screen, what I, what I told her was that they don't represent us. They don't represent Americans. They don't represent us at all. They represent the world. So if you take that perspective and look at it and say that they represent the world, which by that I mean the European Union, the U.N., they don't represent Americans. And, it, and it's quite obvious. And so if you look at you know, the, the U.N. manifesto, they're following it to a T. Look at the 1936, look at the 1936 Nazi Constitution. Look at the 19, or 1936 Soviet Constitution. Excuse me. Look at the paperwork for the for the Third Reich. Look at the the economics of Hitler, and look at the modern day Democrat. It's the same thing. So here, I'll I'll say this to you: Why do you think you never hear an American Democrat? And I don't just mean the Swalwells that work with China. Why do Why don't you think you ever hear them talk against communism in Venezuela, communism? in china and they're going to call that socialism in in, in venezuela because they're they're scum they like to p put lipstick on that pig they don't speak out against the soviet ideology they never speak out against the socialism that has crippled europe they're not going to speak out right now how new zealand not only is locking people up who who don't have the vaccine now they got a new thing you there's going to be no cigarettes in new zealand they're going to stop people from smoking cigarettes there's going to be none of that. they don't ever reject the fascism so it is an ideological problem it's not a world problem it is the communist ideology of the world that has taken over every single country because we've allowed this political party under the cloak of american democrat to hide the fact that they are the american communist marxist scum well we're living under the fourth right that's exactly right oh mike look at i love when you take my things and use it against me i love it 312-642-5600 60s had the same kind of moronic policies. That's when we first started to tamper with Keynesianism and the welfare system, the war on poverty. <laughs> that worked out real well. Same kind of political corruption. But that's when the Democrat Mafia was really in its infancy. They just had better music. Jim, Chicago. Oh, How are you so positive for us in the Build Back Better, Bill? Jim, I'm going to tell you why, and I love this question. Because what we're experiencing economically is a fraud, that the only way it can exist is if they continue to borrow more money. They just need excuses now. So the bill has to pass. Not only will it pass, it has to pass. You realize that the Federal Reserve has been pumping so much money, and, and everyone's going to say the $180 billion a month into, into QE. That's nothing. The repo market, bank to bank overnight. The corporate bonds that nobody talks about. They give one company $14, $13 trillion credit card that they can go and pick different companies that they want to buy stock when they see value. It has to continue. Otherwise, they'd have to look at the books. And if they were to look at any program, they call it an unfunded liability, that started out as a bill. This country is 240 to $260 trillion short. There's not enough money in the planet to fund these programs that are failing second to second to second.
There was a time we used, to, we used to talk about the debt. We used to talk about the shortcomings. There's so much money that is cooked into the revenue because this country makes more revenue every day than it ever did in history. But the problem is there's so much welfare in what they're calling revenue, they can't separate it anymore. This is how Venezuela imploded. Now you're just going to have to start taking zeros off the money. That'll be next. They're going to have to change the domination of money or print the trillion-dollar coin. Sure, did Manchin finally come uh, to his senses and vote for the bill? That's Kabuki. In my, I'm just giving you my opinion. you got to remember, I'm a speculator. What I do on this show, nobody else is going to do. I'm going to tell you right now. Not, this thing will pass. And if I'm wrong, a cigar, me and you. But it All has right, to. All right. It has to. Good, and I like Manchin to come up. Yeah, I just think it's an illusion for us. I do. Because the Federal Reserve is in a corner. It doesn't know how to stop the quantitative easing. It can't raise the rates or the whole thing comes tumbling down. It, it, it's, it's similar to what we're hearing with the COVID lies. They don't want you to see the real numbers. Right now, as I speak to you, there is more debt that is going into default that they're trying to tell you isn't happening. And that is why they pumped out all that PPP money. It was supposed to go as a front. I'll tell you what, I, was, I saw something very interesting on CNBC. And I want you to hear it. Let's talk a little bit about what we've seen, because we've kind of come round robin from where we were the day before Thanksgiving. We had all of these concerns that got uh, pressure on the market, drove stocks down. But we've come right back. How do you feel after all of that? Are you feeling great about uh, now you've come right back? Yet nobody is looking at the actual companies that are suffering from all of the very things the individuals are. The cost of their products, the cost of their logistics, everything is through the roof. Inflation hits everybody. Some of these companies are at 35 times valuation. Some are at 50. doesn't matter because the money for the quantitative easing by the Fed is going into the market, along with the most risky of all investments, corporate bonds, all being funded by debt. Who's looking maybe a little better on the COVID front, or, or does the Fed worry you? I would say the Fed worries me more uh, than, uh, than the virus, and that might be a, a foolish consistency on, on my part. I, I think we're, my own opinion is that we're vectoring more towards some sort of uh, uneasy truce uh, with the variant as, as the economy uh, comes back and the global economy comes back. The Fed, though, I, I think has its work cut out for us uh, for it as we go into 2022. Uh, the CPI we we'll get a fresh number tomorrow, but has been over 5% for the last six months. Um, and it doesn't appear, you know, that is a major change uh, for, for next year. Uh, we're looking for at least two Fed tightenings. But you're also going to have some fiscal drag next year as well. And so I think, I just think to the extent to which... By the way, every economist, every single one that was honest, that wasn't bribed by the federal government, said in the beginning of the, re- the, the, the hysterical reaction to COVID, that if you were to pump out six trillion, eight trillion, we're now at eleven trillion, you would absolutely throw the economy into chaos. Everyone called inflation. Everybody knew it. Couple that with policies that hamper such basic things as logistics and supply chain issues. And you've got nothing but problems all the way around. Major supply chain issues hitting another industry. Now beverages, soda, water, alcohol, seeing big shortages. It is a story we first saw in the Washington Post. So what the Fed is going to do is that they're going to have to figure out how to continue the great lie. A lot of the stimulus was a good portion, uh, led to a good portion of the rise in in stocks. We have to consider 
the other side, uh, that as some of that stimulus tends to drain away, that uh, returns are going to be a bit more challenging. We, we had uh, Roger Ferguson with us earlier this morning, and he was talking about the results of a survey of CEOs who are actually more pessimistic, I think, looking into 2022, especially when they're looking at their own businesses because of labor shortages, uh, pay hikes and supply. By the way, in all the labor numbers, they're not going to tell you 11.4 million jobs are unfilled. They're not going to tell you that we've set yet again, we've kept up the pace with 4 million people quitting, quitting jobs. Supply chain issues, real snarls there. We, we keep thinking we're at the high watermark for that and maybe things get better from here, but maybe it takes longer than we'd been anticipating to come down off of all these problems. Maybe we kind of plateau for a while before things look markedly better. Well, you know, Becky, I think there are certainly things like used car prices are not going to be up uh, 10%. You know, by the way, what I'm telling you doesn't sell. Most radio shows are not going to do this. Most radio shows like the willful ignorance of citizens. I hate it. Most radio shows want to tell you, yeah, let's just keep going. And by the way, that thing that we call it, that's saying it's no big deal. And, and, the, and the fact that we are 30 trillion that they admit to, you think anybody's going to talk about the 260 we're obligated to? That doesn't sell. Rosie sells. Let's put lipstick on that pig. But that's what we've done to get to this place. If you want to change it, and I do, I really do. I don't like the idea that you're going to be in a country where whatever class of income or wealth you're born into is where you'll stay the rest of your life, like those sewers in Europe that every single politician admires. And when we talk about the economy, we're not bringing up, and we should, but there's only so much you could fit in your mouth. We're not bringing up the fact that we're collapsing on foreign policies. China right now says today they're going to fire on anybody that goes to Taiwan and sticks up for them because they're going to do to Taiwan what Vladimir Putin is going to do to the Ukraine. So you've got all this multiple chaos. And in the meantime, and in the meantime, who's, uh, who's the guy in charge? Parking lot of a fast food restaurant so their children could use the Internet to get their homework done. This is the United States of America, for God's sake. Uh-huh. United States of America, for God's sake. It's too bad that the people who uh, voted didn't realize what kind of scum they were putting in, what kind of fraud, what kind of mafia they were putting in. They're going to learn, though. I say the bill will pass. It will pass through parliamentary trickery because it has to. 312-642-5600. Let's do it. Biden's economic chief, child, was questioned today by the so-called press. I found his answers interesting. Fed Chair Jerome Powell said that transitory is no longer the right way to describe inflation. He said it now appears that factors pushing inflation upward will linger well into next year. Given that, do you believe that this inflation is now more entrenched and not transitory? What we what we what we believe is that price increases elevated the level that we're seeing um, hit American families in their pocketbooks. And we need to do everything that we can to address those directly. Um, We also believe that the strength of our economic recovery, the strength of our labor market and the strength of wage increases and the steps that we've taken to try to provide some relief to American families. Do you know how they get to wage increases? Because they've mandated a minimum wage which has caused the massive, massive shortage in minimum wage workers because they are funding organized labor extortion 
in order to get the contracts of these handout bills, you have to hire their labor extortion mafia called unions. These are cooked numbers. This is what this administration and what all Marxist mafia Democrats are good at. Position our economy and American households uniquely well to address what is a global uh, issue uh, around uh, price increases in the context of supply chains and other ways. Global issue? Now we're subjected to global issue. It's a global issue. They're victims. This is not a ramification of their policies, but it is. Doesn't matter. Because now they're going to be victims of their own failure. And that is the true strength of government. Keith in Elgin. Hi, Keith. Yeah, how you doing, Sean? Good. I just wanted to call you up and remind you about this Tuesday, December 14th, National Noncompliance Day. Well, everybody keeps whining and complaining, but nobody's going to do anything. And you can do something this Tuesday by not going to work, don't buy anything, don't spend any money, and send a message to Washington. Because without our tax money, guess what? They don't have an income. Yeah, I tell you what, I like the not buying anything. The not going to work. You know, hey. it, 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 I, I'm not in that position that I used to be in, but there was a time when there were not enough hours for me to try to go to work to bring money home. So I'm not sure I get you, know, it. You, you tell a guy that's got kids, that's hanging on, that doesn't want to be a welfare roach to not go to work. I can't yeah, do no. but I can do I can do the not spending. I like that aspect better. Let's not well, spend money. You, that I'll agree with. But I go that, to work, baby. Right. I work seven days. I, I like work. Yeah. So if you can do any of it, it's better than doing nothing, right? I like that. I'm not going to spend a dollar on the fourteenth, which is Tuesday. Remind me to get gas All right, Monday. Brother. All right, thank you. I love it. Thank you, thank <laughs> you very much. much. And, you know, that's, that's the reality. Keith is right. I mean, you know, we, the honest people, the hardworking people, the good people, the ones that don't want to be in on the mafia. In fact, I'm so sick of this new, flaccid, Democrat mafia. I mean, at least if you're going to be gangsters, be men. Be men. Pushed around by diaper-wearing dimwits. I, I just can't get used to it. How right will these increased prices last through next year? Well, I, I, I am not going to get into uh, the prediction business other than to say, and I'll echo what I... What I uh... Here's what he doesn't want to say, and here's what nobody wants to say, because it's not popular. It doesn't make people happy. It doesn't make people fuzzy. It doesn't make big listeners. It doesn't appeal to everybody. Because of the policies, we are at the beginning of the trajectory. Simple. This is the beginning. You remember all of the warning signs you had. You do remember them, right? They were called the presidential debates. And Trump's got up there and said, you like your $2 gas, don't you? Well, imagine if you hire this idiot, you'll be paying 4 and 5 and 7 Well, here we are, and that's just gas. Then you got Illinois. Illinois, I love it. It's the prime example of the Marxist mafia, only they're, they're, they're little guys. They're like Madigan. Their kids are lobbyists and all the rest of it. Cutting deals with energy supply companies that you're forced to pay the corruption cost. So ComEd gets a, let's, let, let's have a, 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 the politicians automatically raise your, your cost 30%. Ooh, that was, timing was perfect, wasn't it? You want to talk about an inside rig game, you're not in it. Wait till we get all the other stuff. When that green energy bill passes from the Mafia Manifesto known as BBB, bring bankruptcy back, build back better, remember uh, 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 what it's going to look like when you have to rely on energy that comes from your phony Three and a half million dollar windmill that doesn't pay for itself till it breaks 
and its life expectancy is over. No planes. No energy. When the wind stops blowing, that's the end of your electric. Let's hurry up. <laughs> darling, darling, is the wind blowing today? I'd like to watch television, darling. You were warned. But all the never-Trumpers, oh, he's just an establishment Democrat. It won't be so bad. How do you like it now, dummy? Because we're just getting warmed up. We're just getting warmed up. And if you want it to change, it's simple. Remove this feeble fascist from office. You have every excuse in the world. He's not capable. He did it again. He did it again today when talking at Bob Dole's funeral. I certainly faced periods of division. But at the end of the day, we've always found ways to come together. We can find that unity again. Then the message said, end of message. He did it again. Here's a little tip to the children. The hermaphrodite assistants and children that work for the Biden fascistic regime. Stop putting end of message at the end of message. Just put a period. This stupid son of a gun doesn't know where to stop reading. 312-642-5600. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. not the reason that the city of Chicago has 4,327 people shot. Total homicides, 806. These are, these are our war numbers in the Middle East. Smash and grab robberies surging in Chicago. But the mayor, Lori Lightfoot, blames retailers. You got to tell me more. She did. She blamed the retailers and she should apologize for saying this. Some of the retailers downtown in Michigan Avenue, I will tell you, I'm disappointed that they're not doing more to take safety uh, and make it a priority. For example, we still have retailers that won't institute uh, plans like having security officers in their stores, uh, locking up uh, their merchandise at night, chaining high-end bags. These purses seem to be something um, that is attracting a lot of attention on these. It's the purse's fault. I say we sue Louis Vuitton. After all. It's clearly his fault. I wanted to bring on Matt Rosenberg. He's the author of What Next Chicago. He wrote the book a while ago, and I think even he is shocked by Lori Lightfoot in her detective costume blaming the purses. Hi, Matt. How are you? Hey there, Sean. I wish I could say I'm shocked, but this mayor has been underwater practically from the get-go. Um, you know, it's just it's, it's one more excuse, you know, for one more new thing that she can't control. And this is basic you know, essential public safety in the city. Forget for a minute, if we possibly can, and we can't really, the murders, the carjackings, um, you know, uh, the organized looting just adds a whole nother layer to this, like to the uh, beating up of the bus driver downtown last weekend. Um, Terrific. it's, It's a Mad Max world out there, and really, you know, we can and should, you know, probe this and detail this. How, how did all of this come to pass? What sort of, you know, what sort of 
retarded public dialogue has allowed things to get this far. Sure, we should all get into that. But in the end, we've got to look at how do we take this city back? There are people who care about that. I care about it. I'm talking to people. Yeah. I'm plotting. I want to understand how how that long game plays out because, yeah, but- you know, 2020. Three is not far off, Sean. I've been um, always interested in the philosophy of life itself. It's something I've always been enamored with. And I remember when I would read the Marxist-friendly philosophers, they had a strategy, and that was to deceive the people of the time, to think history starts today. One thing we know about human beings and about history in general is If people think they will be rewarded or they will not be penalized for very bad actions, they will perpetrate them. This is very, very simple. It is something I faced in my own life. I grew up in a neighborhood. I grew up with nothing. I had a wonderful family, but we we needed things. We needed money. And I had decisions to make. As a young man, I was tough. I didn't mind taking something if I thought I needed it. And it was always the fear of going to prison. It was always the fear of getting arrested or embarrassing my family or the reputation I would get that kept me on the straight and narrow. Today's society, these kids, if they get caught carjacking, looting, they are rewarded for it. It is street cred. It is why we have 13-year-olds and 12-year-olds committing this kind of heinous crime, not to mention the parents in general are detached or, in some cases, in the same gang. I think that might be a problem. Mm -hmm. There are no consequences whatsoever. And how you begin to turn this around, uh, it's it's really tough to picture, but I think it has to start with, uh, in Chicago, a Reform Party slate, the Chicago Reform Party. Picture that. Now, where are the money guys? And can can, can the candidates get together? And narrow the field right away to one mm. serious contender. Can a, a slate of city council candidates be developed and incentivized to actually run for office and start to take this city back? But it's not just the city, as you know. It's our Cook County prosecutor who's elected. It's our chief judge who, as I understand, is chosen by the Cook County Circuit Court judges we elect. Um, there's so much work to do, Sean. And there is. And, and, and Matt, um, you know, I like, I like to uh, play devil's advocate on, uh, on these topics. And I want, I want mm-hmm. to focus out something that people, I think, are missing. The worse it is, the more money the politicians get, the more power they get. I think the reason you're not hearing massive outcry, except from a few, a handful of aldermen, a handful, is because they want more money in their district. They want more programs because no one is talking about the very, very simple solution. If you get caught, you go to the Huskow until you're old enough where you don't even care if you're out. Let's start there. Instead of rewarding the kids, and they are kids that were already burning 28000 a year to pretend that we're sending them to school. And when you see and hear the kids and the parents speak, it is evident they are basically illiterate. And they have been rewarded for being so. And if they cannot provide rent, if they cannot provide food, if they cannot provide health care, it doesn't matter. The society's got that. And maybe if we started taking those things away 
for penalty of not acting civilized, we would get civility. What do you think? At the root, I think, is white guilt. It makes its way into the way social sciences and humanities and now even the hard sciences are being taught in our state colleges and universities. And so to really re-engineer this, you'd have to re-engineer, you know, urban societal norms, curriculum at public, especially, uh, and private colleges and universities. You'd have to re-engineer the state legislature because, of course, that's where a lot of the lenient laws are codified. So it's a huge, tall order. But, you know, something has started to happen. Uh, the revolt of the cities began to unfold last November around the country in five or six or seven different towns. Things are playing out um, not at all in line with what progressives want. You know, we, we yeah. saw in Minneapolis the ballot measure to eviscerate police. That failed. In New York, uh, you know, a pro-police, pro-school choice, moderate Democrat, got elected. Uh, and there's several other examples. So the tide may be starting to turn, but boy, does it need to turn in Chicago. And you know something, Matt, you're right. You're, first of all, you're 100% right. But I want to I wanna talk to you because I, I, I have to tell you this. I'm half Italian and I'm half Norwegian. When I wake up in the morning, when I think about things, when I read something, I don't think, man, oh man, is it good to be a white man? I've never thought that. You, your last name is Rosenberg. I'm guessing that you may be Jewish. Am I correct? <laughs> who, has, correct. who has been oppressed in the history of the world more than the Jew? Who? Have you ever woken up and said, man, oh man, I'm Jewish, and I'm lucky I'm Jewish. I can look at things through the eyes of a Jew. Or do you look at them through the eyes of a human being? I think the problem is we have been following around race profiteers and race pimps mm -hmm. who profit mm -hmm. from division Rather than saying the things that made the country great was that it didn't matter who, what race you were. It mattered what character you had, what conscience you had, what kind of a, a, a person you were of dignity. And now, unfortunately, we've let strangers and race pimps indict societies. And they should be not only just ashamed, because they have no shame. They'll never be ashamed. They should be rejected and and yelled down for the profiteers of the vision that they really are, the whole time enriching themselves and their friends and building a mafia that we are calling a government. I think the political class and the media always need a crisis, right? But the big issues have come and gone. You think about the arc of history just from the middle of the last century up to now. I mean, we had World War II. That was an existential crisis for this country. We were fighting for our survival and the survival of a free Europe. We won. Things went well. Then came the civil rights movement in the early 60s. It was long overdue. We had to make real progress. We did. Unfortunately, we instituted the great society programs, which helped shape the wreckage. That now in a, in a very, but here's the thing, man. You, we got to recognize in a very bad way. It's, it's got a, it, it, you know, that, that pig's got some lipstick on it, but it's still a pig. And the reality oh, is... Oh, I, I, that's exactly where I was going, and I heard uh, that 
from people on the south side. There's great resentment among black people in Chicago at, you know, all of the great society programs. Uh, Sure, they've been tweaked. There was welfare reform, all of that. We get it. But that basic idea of sitting and waiting for a government check, that's been cancer. You know, and, and if you go down into the south side or out on the west side, black people will tell you that. And, and they look with great admiration at um, those in their own community who hustle, who work, who are entrepreneurial at two-parent households. Uh, there's a great deal of respect, admiration for, and encouragement of more two-parent households in black communities in Chicago. And what I got from black people was a, a real recognition and respect of Chicago's Latino population. Uh, uh, and you would hope that would extend toward Asians. Here are immigrant, immigrant groups that come here and work, 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 work. They're not part of the grievance culture. And, uh, you know, that's more of what we need to see. And there, there are people living that in black neighborhoods, left and right and all over the place. What we have is a tyranny of the minority. Oh, absolutely. It, absolutely. Yeah. It may just be 5% of households in the city of Chicago that are failing to live with any moral authority at all. You know, there may be another 30% that are struggling, and they're not there, but they're not out there being violent. So, uh, you know, but 5% of the households is enough to wreak havoc on a city, and we see it daily and nightly now, and it's turned into a war zone. Sean, you're right. People are scared to go out of their homes. And if that doesn't come back to our elected class, our political class, what in the world does? Why do, you know, you, why do we even have these men and women in office if it's not safe to be on the streets? So, yeah. you know, and I, I despair, Sean, when I talk to my white progressive friends, and I've got a lot of them. Um, hopes, I think we, I think we got to remember be, a couple of things, that before we went mm-hmm. to World War II, before we went to war, before Pearl Harbor there, Madison Square Garden, nine months before Pearl Harbor, sold mm-hmm. out to Nazis, American Nazis. After Pearl Harbor, they didn't go away. Prescott Bush, after all, was their money manager of the real Nazis. They, they stayed quiet. They went into very strategic positions. And to me, we're still fighting that ideology of socialism. Never forget what Nazi stands for, National Worker Socialist Party. It is the ideology of, of division. It is the ideology of control. And, you know, when you were talking, I was thinking about a friend of mine contacted me from high school. And when he did, he said, hey, how you doing, brother? I said, I miss you, you know. I didn't for, for a minute until, you know, afterwards think, wait a minute. He's, he called me brother, and he's not Caucasian. And I, I think of him as my brother, and he's not Caucasian. I hate the idea that we're still thinking of each other as Latin, Latinx, as black, as Chinese, mm-hmm. rather than Americans. Mm-hmm. I mean that. And I, look, I live my life like that in a time when it wasn't necessarily popular, but it was easy to do. Because I was raised by people like that. And I think that's where it needs to happen. And if we're going to keep, keep lowering our standards to the arguments of division, we're going to keep following around con artists and tyrants. And I think we, they need to be rejected. So that's why I think until we do that, that basic principle mm-hmm. of Americans, that's what we are, no matter what our race, our religion, or anything else. That. And I want to stop pretending that women dressed in men's clothing, clothing are still women. Okay, can I do that? I'm going to let you I'm, do that. I'm, I'm kidding on the last I one. <laughs> along those lines, 
you yeah. know, we need to find we need to find ways in cities like Chicago for people of different races. And I agree with everything you just said. Yeah. We we need to find ways for people of different races to start talking to each other, to be in the same place, talking treat- about the same things and not just online. How do we make that happen? Maybe you can help get that. I going. treat everybody. I treat everybody equal until they don't deserve it. I treat everybody like like they're like me. They have the same principles, the same consciousness, the same respect for their kids and for their family until they prove they don't. See, because mm-hmm. the reality is, Matt, I've been painted by other people. Oh, you're a conservative. You're a right winger. No, no, no. I'm the real liberal. I don't want to force anybody to do anything. I don't want to limit anybody from anything. I don't want to control anybody's anything. I just want the absolute and total freedom of true equality. And that is in law and in opportunity, simple and taxation. Those are the things that I want. And I think when we can get back to those principles, we can, we can go back to the kind of America that you and I were privileged enough to see for, even if it was just a glimpse, to see that. That's why when I talk to you and I see you, I, I don't know if we agree wholeheartedly, but I know we have good intentions based in principles. It doesn't matter to me what race you are, what religion you are. And those principles, you are my American brother. And that's what we need to get back to. So I want to thank you, Matt Rosenberg, for being my American brother and for coming on. Thank you very much. My pleasure, Sean. I appreciate it. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. It's raining men. Hallelujah, it's raining men. Juicy Smouye, guilty on five counts. He's going to prison. No, I don't know that. Just guessing, but that would be the... Uh, no. no, five counts. He's going to walk. Why shouldn't he? Yeah, after all, you're going to send him to prison? Be like sending me to hedonism? Doesn't make much sense. And there's a guy, the only reason I'm... You notice how I didn't burn a second on this dummy? Because here's, he's exactly what we were just talking about in the last segment. A race profiteer. A race pimp. He makes me sick to my stomach. I don't care what happens to him or not. What he did successfully is turn himself into a joke for eternity. Juicy smouye, which translates from French to walking punchline. That's what he is. But I'll tell you what's not funny. What's not funny is what's going on in Haiti. Terrible, terrible, terrible. What mainly? Because of scumbag, profiteer, corrupt dictators. Oh, it's just like Chicago without the fancy customs. In fact, there they don't have much of anything. They need your help. So I want to thank the people who have recently become benefactors. I'm not leaving anybody out, so I probably read you first, so don't nobody get mad. AJ Sliders, Breakthrough Ideas, Arlington Heights Heating and Cooling, Illinois Vein Specialists, Ghetto Industrial Platters. No, what is this? Platers. Excuse me. Freedom. My bifocals are a little dirty. I won't get mad. Freedom Boat Club. Uh, what is this? PTExpo.com. KNS Precision Metals. Spawn Financial. Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. Chicago Northbrook Office. Gaff Tree Service. Great Lakes Urban Forestry. I want to thank each and every one of you for doing a wonderful, wonderful thing by bringing food and necessities to children. And you've done it because you've contributed to Food for the Poor. It is a fantastic organization. It is the largest non-government organization that has brought over 207 million meals to hungry children and their families over the last 39 years. They provided more than $17 billion in aid. Food for the Poor has shipped over 128 containers filled with emergency relief supplies to Haiti. Food is still the greatest need. Your simple gift of $37 can feed one child for six months, 185, five children for six months, but for a gift of any kind, and everything matters. I don't care if it's five bucks. 
To make a donation of any amount, call 844-862-4673. If you care to become a business benefactor program, not only will I butcher your name during the readings if my bifocals are dirty, but you will get 41-minute commercials to air right here on this station, Monday through Friday, 5 in the morning till 8 in the evening. Very simple. You'll be providing life-saving food for over 65 children in Haiti. To become a business benefactor, call one of my favorite people, Anjanette, 847 472 8951. Do we have time for Mary Kay or should I go to break? Mary, hang on. I got I to gotta go to break. Mary, I went long. Hang on and we'll take the rest of your calls when I get back. We had a guy call off and ask why I'm not talking about Juicy Smollett. What is this, entertainment tonight? I don't give a rip about Jussie Smollett, whatever the hell he's calling himself, the roach that he is. I could care less. You know who deserves the attention? All the people that have been shot. Like the 71-year-old Chinese man who was shot by the Democrat roach. He's ten times, a hundred times, a thousand times more relevant than this scum. Spoiled little, ugh, cares about this moron. Now to my cousin, Mary Kay. She's actually my cousin. Hi. Hi, cousin. I call your brother, but you're my cousin. Um, I just want to say, when when we were growing up, uh, I grew up in River Forest, real white. Town, you know, there weren't, we didn't have a lot of, um, we weren't uh, allowed in there. I don't know how you met John, but go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, but you guys grew up next to Maywood and you're, you know, where, where a lot of the black kids lived. And yeah, you know, uh, anyway, that's besides the point. I, um, I was an American. I was never an Irish, uh, an Irish anything. I am, I am all Irish. I, but I didn't know it until I, Started work, Sean. I didn't know. I got downtown, and I'm working at the Options Exchange. And everybody in my company, I work for Chicago Corp. Everyone's O'Connor, McGuire, this and that, whatever. And they start talking to me in an Irish brogue, and I'm like, oh, okay. Then I know I'm Italian because my name is Mary Kathleen. And as soon as you say that, (laughs) you know. But Sean, everyone thinks I'm Italian because I'm married to you know who. And yes, yes, um, he's very Italian. He's very Italian. Yeah, very. But he, but people say I look Italian so they just assume I'm Italian and um, I am not but who cares we're but both your husband and myself when we were kids yeah we would yeah. play 50,000 games you played strike them out you played basketball you played yeah, football. strike them out mm-hmm. and we yeah. played with everybody we would go into cold, Maywood we would play feet. basketball yeah. they would come into Melrose Park we would play football yeah. it was we were we kids and they were our, we, everybody was friends it wasn't I don't even like saying they we're just kids. I, We're just I, friends. We, we, because here's the other thing. John and I yeah, go ahead. lived on the uh-huh. poor side. We lived on the poor oh, side. Okay. We lived by the tracks. Mm-hmm. So okay. we that, yeah. th- we just butted up against the neighborhoods. And it was a wonderful time. And the, and you want to know yeah. something? My mother yeah. cooked food for everybody. When I would be yeah. with my friends in Maywood, their mothers would cook food for me. It was a much better time. And when I would meet their time. families, and their, none of this was going on. None of it. This no. is strategic. I lived in the poor part of River Forest, too. Oh, Sean. there's no lived, such you know, thing. Go sell yeah, your story on WLS. Thank you, Mary Kay. No, 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 no. Hang Erica, on. Bye. All right. See you. Thank Yes, yes, the poor side of River Forest. There's no such thing. The, 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 the broader point is people are what mattered. 
So when guys call up, why aren't you talking about Jesse? He doesn't matter. You know who matters? This man. We start with a breaking news update. In just a few hours, a man charged with murdering a grandfather in broad daylight right by a school will face a judge. CBS 2 Stephen Graves is live now at 26th and Cal. And Stephen, police made quick work to get this suspect into custody. Ryan Aldrina, good morning. That's correct. Charges actually came down last night, but police say they had 23-year-old Alfonso Joyner in custody moments after the shooting on Tuesday. A huge part were community tips, but also because of the surveillance video. Take a look. Watch as a blue car pulls up behind Wum Sing Si as he walks near Haynes Elementary School in Chinatown. We're freezing the video right before he is shot. Chicago police say Joyner fired out of his car window hitting the 71 year old they say the video shows him then shoot C multiple times as he laid injured on the sidewalk friends and family remember the grandfather as a fixture of the community who will be sorely missed mr c built a home and provided for his family he was a father a husband a grandfather a man of the community a chicagoan Now, Joyner was arrested almost immediately after the shooting on the Kennedy Expressway. Police found a gun and extended magazine in his car. Joyner does have a criminal record, including arrests for gun charges. Police are also looking into a series of random shootings on the north side. Arrests for gun charges. Investigating random shootings of what? Of people based on race? Oh, you better not let that get out. It's already bad enough that Kim Fox has a revolving door on criminals, scum, gang-banging roaches, and because of their particular race, they walk. They walk. Now, if you find out one of those roaches, one of those scum, is killing people because of their race, you may have a scandal that even the media will be unable to ignore. It's possible. It's possible. But it's also an obvious destination of what happens when you're a racist prosecutor, because you can be a racist of any race. Oh, but you can. And that's what we're living through right now. And that's why Wum Say Sing C is ten times more important than Juicy Smoye, who means absolutely nothing to anybody with an IQ over 60. So I don't care what are you going to do. You're going to send them away to paradise for him? I don't think so. It doesn't matter to me, and it's not going to get any more coverage. Believe me when I tell you. It's the last time I talk about that roach. Michael on the south side. Hi, Sean. How's it going? Good, buddy. How are you? I'm okay, thanks. I uh, This is a follow-up to uh, uh, the discussion about Mayor Lightfoot and the dumb thing she said about uh, downtown shopkeepers. The purses, uh, purses are causing the looting. Yeah. They're very attractive purses, right. Michael. Yes. Oh, I guess so. <laughs> I don't have one, but uh, she she said something equally, almost equally stupid a couple of weeks ago at the University of Chicago when she had the uh, the round the discussion about crime in that neighborhood, and she said one of the solutions was to make investments in our young people, and my jaw hit the floor. Oh, what we, could we so invest? in other words, exactly, exactly, and I was at total outrage. And what, in other words, people at the University of Chicago. In the High Park neighborhood, have to pay even more taxes, you know, to bribe young people not to shoot them. I just thought that was an outrage. Sooner, sooner or later, the people who are being used as useful idiots and pawns 
will realize that the reason that the city of Chicago is spending $28,000 per pupil isn't because they give a rip about the pupil. It's because they want to pay off their communist teacher union thugs. Sooner or later, it has to be undeniable, Michael, before people wake up, because this to me was something easily. You could easily see. You could easily see the quality of life in the areas with the most government intervention was tragic and terrible since you and I were kids. Yet for some reason, those people allow themselves to be useful pawns in this game of political prostitution. And it's a shame. But my my optimism is for kids because sooner or later, they're going to look in the mirror and they're not going to care what race they are. They're going to demand better from themselves, not just for themselves, but from themselves. And it's at that moment that they will stop being willing, useful pawns to political whores like Lori Lightfoot and the rest of the Democrat mafia. Michael, you know, I always appreciate the call. Thank you. Jeff, Lincoln Park. Hey, man, I'm so glad to be able to talk to you for a quick second. You know, you were just talking with your cousin. Yes. Uh, you know, regarding Melrose, River Forest and then uh, Maywood and all that. I yes. grew up in uh, on the west side of Lincoln Park before it turned into... The urban, you know, the urban gentrification hell that it is now. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, all of us, we were all boys. All of my friends were people from Cabrini, people from the, from a little bit further west, the Hispanic, Asians. Dude, we all got along. Everybody was cool with each other. Did we fight amongst ourselves as kids? A hundred percent we did. Jeff, you know what's funny? But it was never. We We fought from Melrose Park. We fought more guys from Elmwood Park. Then we other fought other guys based on race. We fought other Italian guys. We fought other neighborhood guys. But and at the end of the day, they're today my closest friends. We were allowed to be men and boys and girls, and there was none of this animosity by parents. Can you imagine your parent telling you when you left the house, you, you number one, needed government assistance in order to live, and number two, you weren't as good as someone else, so you needed a leg up by a law, by free government welfare. It never would have happened. Our parents were better people, and that's what everyone. My was mother to worked. Say. As a, I was. I came from a single family home. My mother worked at the corner grocery store. I mean, the real deal, single family. I seem to have come out okay. Oh, and by the way, by the way, regarding the Smollett thing, David Chappelle buried him. With his with his Jussie thing, that was it. They knew it right then and there. It was over with. Forever a punchline. Jeff, thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. Uh, Corey, Woodlawn. So, Sean, my, my comment is this. For two years, the media preached hate into these empty-headed kids' minds. And now they're running around committing these acts of violence. Couldn't agree more with you. Do you think it was just, I mean, don't you think, too, I saw this message from the teachers' union. And, you know, kids are impressed by the adults that they, they that pose themselves to be knowledgeable. I think a lot of this falls on the teachers. Do you? I think a lot of it falls on the teachers, the activists. In the neighborhood, Woodlawn, that I, I just recently left, 600-something non-for-profits, all of them sticking that money right in their pockets, preaching this nonsense into these kids' heads. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Right in their pockets. It's like they're making a mockery of the situation. They don't care, care, could care less about the kids that are affected by it. And not to mention, there has to be somebody related to, 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 to people that shows a kid how to be an honorable man or an honorable woman. There has to be. Otherwise, what you're getting is these kids are, are looking at the crimes they're committing 
as badges of honor. It is giving them street credibility. And in there lies the problem. And once that falls on the lawyers and the law enforcement that are allowing these criminals to just go back out on the street and intimidate good people, that aspect never gets talked about. Could you imagine being a good kid trying to grow up straight and narrow? You're a victim in these neighborhoods as the perpetrator is protected by law now. Thank you, Corey, Thanks, for the sir. call. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with the rest of your calls and comments after this. You give me fever. Excellent song. When you kiss me fever, got, a, got a call after the show last night. Guy's going to give the food for the poor. Wants to have a cigar for me. I said, you better make it big. Better make it steep. He said, okay, I will. And he's going to. And it's wonderful. And I think it's a wonderful organization. Robert in Bloomingdale listens every day. Did you give the food for the poor, Robert? Uh, not yet, but I'm going to, Sean. That's a good organization, you know, to help yeah. out, Very especially good. being a member of Knights of Columbus. So, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. The reason I was calling, you know, you hear all this stuff about this Jesse Smollett. The thing comes down to this. If you got some clout or a celebrity ship, you know, you get away, they think they can do it and get away with it. If you and I did something like that, you'd go to jail, especially like for arson or something like I was saying before. What well, do you, you don't think? know. You don't. You don't know if he's. You know, I don't know what his sentence is going to be. I don't know what. You know, to me, you, you you obviously should be penalized. But I'm not quite sure that he has to pay. He should pay every single penny and cent of the cost of that investigation. That's that's for damn sure. But um, you know, what are you going to do to the guy that he hasn't done to himself? I would let him walk the earth forever, shamed like he should be. The good news is he's a Democrat and he probably has no shame. Thank you very much, Robert. Eduardo also. A listener, and I'm sure a contributor to Food for the Poor. Eduardo, not much time. What do you got, brother? 20 seconds. Yeah, real fast. Uh, they got to do security around these schools because one of these days they're going to fire on these kids playing in recess. Yeah, that's the only good thing about the COVID reaction. The safest the kids were are when they were staying at home and not in school. I think we should do everything. Homeschooling, everything online. Better for society. Let the parents raise the kids. I'll be back after this. we got a great guest. streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Diabolical things that happen through the contortion of language. We have allowed Marxists and communist socialists, but more importantly, self-enriching frauds to hide behind the virtue shield of a word liberal. We've also allowed these very same scoundrels to convince our children, women in particular, that it is somehow a right to kill your baby. Not only that, that you will feel good about it and that everybody else should pay for it and approve of the greatest evil anybody could do. There's a deception that um, political, self-enriching, self-aggrandizing whores don't want the kids to know that there's money, tremendous amounts, hundreds of millions of dollars in this business. Not only that, but you're going to have to live with the reality 
that you killed your own child. That cannot go well. In fact, we know from various studies it leads to bad, bad things. There are organizations out there that are trying to help this, that are trying to change this, not only through educating the kids themselves, but through trying to change the new accepted moray of America that this is somehow acceptable. It is not. I believe it's the greatest evil in our society today. And there are other groups that believe the same thing. Thomas More Society is one of those groups. I'm very happy to bring on uh, Tom, and I'm going to say your name wrong, Braca, I believe it is. He is the president yes, and chief right. counsel. Thank Braca. you. Thank you so much for joining me. And I, I want to tell you, I really do appreciate it. And I really do appreciate your organization. You do some wonderful, wonderful things. And in fact, why don't you tell me what you're working on now with the March for Life? Well, uh, you know, on the life issue, we're, we're doing our best to, uh, you know, fulfill uh, what we want to argue greatly against Roe v. Wade in this latest case. And uh, we submitted, we had uh, a hand in at least three briefs. You know, there's no question, but that there's no basis for this claimed abortion to uh, go away with your uh, child, your baby, uh, during the nine months of pregnancy. And uh, all of us, you know, I'm a grandparent. I see the, you know, the uh, ultrasound images of our grandchildren early on during the pregnancy they're uh, you know as as human as any uh, baby could be sucking their thumbs and such yeah so we're working uh, greatly around the country to try and uh, promote uh, you know a, a uh, an ethic of life so people would respect life from inception to consensual to, to death You've, you're seeing before, um, right now we have a bill, or I mean we have a, a challenge before the Supreme Court that states are to be allowed to control the times that mothers are permitted to go ahead and kill their baby through an abortion. We've got different states around yes. the country that want different rules. That to me was the principle and the concept of federalism. Why do you think it is that it has become an, a national mission by our government to mandate that women could kill their child at any time during the pregnancy. Why do you think there's such a massive, massive push from Washington, D.C. to work so against federalism and for the, the unlimited, unfettered abortion advocate and rights, I guess they call them? Well, there, there are many reasons, and uh, all the reasons are bad. Uh, you know, I, I've been practicing law for... Uh, frankly, no less than 50 years. I went to law school back in the 60s. Uh, this whole idea that suddenly uh, the federal government or the federal judiciary should command from on high that everybody, I mean, all 50 states recognize this, uh, you know, uh, so-called federal right. It, it's anything but a federal right. It, it has to do with uh, something that the states have, uh, you know, addressed for from the inception of the country, and uh, there's nothing in the Constitution that justifies even remotely uh, that you have the right to kill your child uh, during nine months of pregnancy. It just uh, so I think finally we're coming to terms with the realities that have been suppressed now for 
my goodness, almost 50 years since Roe v. Wade. You know, Tom, you went to you went to law school in the 60s. In the 60s, this country yes. ex- experienced something that you had a front row seat to. And what it experienced was the concept, the, the, the uncoupling from law as the shield of the individual to law as the weapon of the collectivist. How do you think this well, transformed? Yes, sir. I mean, there certainly was a collectivist approach to these things that suddenly, you know, the, the federal government should intervene and prevail on what the states uh, had decreed. And, you know, it's incredible. In retrospect, they declared all 50 states bans on abortion suddenly illegal. I mean, it was just, when you think about the heavy-handedness of this, it's incredible in retrospect. And uh, why this shouldn't be a matter of uh, state-by-state regulation uh, makes no sense. When I was young, when I was young, there was a, a gentleman from my neighborhood who had become a lawyer. He was the first professional I saw. I was immediately intrigued by law. I read everything I could. I had such admiration for lawyers who had a sworn duty to American justice system to recognize the fact that law was to be a shield versus a spear. How do you think it it, it is now so easy? for law to be contorted against the citizen rather than to be used to defend the lawful citizen. How do you think this happened? Was it strictly the professors and the communist uh, infiltration of colleges and law schools over those the, since the 60s to now? I, I, I'm still fascinated by how fast the country's mores have changed on so many levels, but it has to be rooted in the misuse and abuse of Law with ambiguity. Well, you know, I, I couldn't agree with you, with you more. I I was in law school back in the 60s. Abortion was not an issue uh, that was of concern to me. Uh, but it suddenly, uh, you know, I went to law school at New York University, uh, right in the belly of the beast, where a lot of people in New York were very upset about the restriction on abortion because it kind of uh, had a negative impact on their freedom of uh, sexual uh, endeavor. And you know, prior to Roe v. Wade, though, know, just, correct me, correct it, me if I'm it, wrong. It Tom. was way, way different from what people ordinarily felt throughout the country. There's two things I find fascinating with Roe v. Wade. Number one, she had the baby. The baby's 52 years old. Number two, yes. number two. Abortion was not outlawed. There were states that still permitted abortion. Yes. How, how did the, the you know, you rewrite, it, it seems to me that the, the American Marxist is very, very good at rewriting our own history, completely rewriting it, in order to change the reality on the ground in the moment and then to control the future. Why is it so many people lose the the argument on Roe v. Wade, which from my understanding, I did not go to law school, but from my understanding is an example among law students as a joke of a social engineering mission versus an American law. How do you you think this is accepted by modern day lawyers who know that it is a a law intended to control opinion versus then based in the American principle of law? Well, you know, go back in the 60s, and it's 
many, many years ago, there was a sense of elitism in the federal uh, courts that uh, they were uh, controlling wayward and uh, miscreant state courts who were going off the reservation. And, of course, a big issue back then was uh, racial justice. And we were celebrating, you know, the fact that the federal courts, uh, through Brown versus Board of Education and subsequent uh, opinions, you know, were bringing to heel uh, those uh, state courts that were not uh, espousing uh, racial uh, equity and non-segregation. So I think it just kind of, that trend just kind of took control and suddenly it, it carried over into the area of uh, sexual freedom. And, you know, uh, we somehow lost track of the fact that the, the unborn human being was a human being entitled to justice just as, uh, you know, a black person down in a segregated South. Uh, we, we, we lost our sense of uh, equity. Uh, it, it, it was biased. You know, Tom, and, uh, the funny uh, thing is, is that it comes at the same time that science has progressed so fast that you can see those ultrasounds you spoke of earlier. We know beyond the shadow well, of a doubt this is yes, a human sir. being. Well, now we do, but, you know, back then we were blind to them. If, if, it, if those images were there, I'm not sure they were, but if they were there, we were absolutely blind to them. We, we looked away. We, you know, we you pretended that this was a mystery when it was a womb. Yeah, you know, and, you see and that now um, we know. you see that now uh, in USA Today, for example, Mississippi simply wants to eliminate abortions after 16 weeks. You see that Texas had a similar law after 16 weeks. You yes. see that that's the changes that these states are making. So they're not eliminating it. They're not making it illegal yet. The headlines on all of the propaganda is that 26 states are trying to make abortion illegal, when that is a bald-faced lie. Why is it that no organization sues these media outlets for misrepresentation of exactly what's happening? Well, the media have gone off the reservation on this. Uh, they're just completely, you know, in the throes of the abortion uh, uh, establishment, uh, which controls Industrial the complex. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yes, I think we, and, I think we know, should call it the abortion industrial complex. What do you think? I like that. Well, I think you've got it right on the, exactly. I mean, we fight them all the time. And uh, they don't want to see the same thing that uh, grandparents like uh, I am and my wife. We look at our grandchildren and we see them in the womb. And, you know, they're still trying to foist on the American people the idea this is quote, a blob of tissue, unquote, as if it was something inanimate, uh, unworthy of the least respect, and, you know, that's 180 degrees uh, contrary to God's truth. They're human Tom, beings, and they ought to be protected. Tom, um, I love your organization. I mean, you've done such great things. You're fighting for people against the mandates, for, for the Biden mandates for the experiment that's called a vaccine. You're fighting for abortion. Now, the Thomas More Society is a wonderful society, but how does it exist? Does it need help from the people? And if it does, where can the people go? Well, we'd love their, their help. We're at uh, a website online, uh, Thomas, Thomas More, Society. More yeah. 
M-O-R-E-1-O-Society.org. We're fighting across the country for the right to life, for uh, free exercise of religion, and uh, for parents having the right to control the education of their children. Tom, I want to thank, thank you, you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Um, I'd like to reach out to you after the Supreme Court is reveals the decision they already came to. And I want to thank you for the Amen. fight. And I'm going to ask the people to go and support you. Thank you so much, Tom. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye now. Bye. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. Because I'm a gangster, baby. Oh, yeah, Enjoy the music. Well, we're going to have good music tomorrow, too, but Bunny's not going to be at the helm. I don't like when she takes off. Slacker that she is. I will tell you, you notice how I don't, I don't like to do the, uh, the tabloid stories of the day. I really don't. I'm going to make an exception. Because this one is rich, baby. Rich. And what that is is the Duchess of Chaffington, Chicago's very own. Saul Alinsky student, just like Barack. The Duchess of Chaffington. Hillary rotten clinton two scumbag brothers one's dead good and um she released her what would have been her acceptance speech that's the my favorite part aside from the great economy of the trump presidency was just the fact that he denied this open and notorious gangster transgendering thug gangster from occupying the most powerful office in the world now granted we have to deal with this dimwit in diapers, but still, let's look at the upside. The upside is this roach was not permitted to destroy our country. I couldn't believe the scandals that Hillary, the Duchess of Chaffington, Clinton survived. Whitewater in 1992. I thought at that moment, Bill should have been impeached. Hillary Clinton should have been thrown into prison. After all, their partners at Whitewater was. I thought the Mena, Arkansas scandal, day two day scandals, that's rarely, rarely mentioned, of it becoming the logistic landing spot for every line of cocaina in the country, just happened to be in the middle of Arkansas. But Bill knew nothing, nothing. I don't know. I don't know how that happened. I thought that was pretty bad. They skated through that. Vince Foster's death, 93. Nah, he shot himself. Sure, it was an antique gun. He didn't know anything about guns. It was vehemently against guns. But that's all right. He shot himself. That went away. Paula Jones, Monica Lewinsky, the Hillary Clinton scandals, Filegate, Benghazi, and all the rest of it. Yet here she is, worth hundreds of millions. Clinton Foundation, right back in action. That pay-to-play bribery bagman scheme, which all the way. By the way, what'd they do in Haiti? Oh, they didn't do a tenth. They didn't do one iota of what Food for the Poor does. So the Duchess of Chaffington yesterday revealed what would have been her acceptance speech, and it was dedicated to her mother. And it got me to thinking, uh, I think I'm going to do a segment, and I'm going to write Al Capone's letters to mommy when he was in Sing Sing. Because after all, gangsters deserve the same kind of sympathies. We here, AM 560, Sean Thompson Show, we are equal opportunity. If we're going to give one gangster our attention, we should give another one. But here is the more masculine version of the gangsters between Capone and Clinton. America is the greatest country in the world. Hillary Clinton chokes up as she finally reads the victory speech she never got to give. I wonder if while this is going on, Bill Clinton is rubbing the derriere of the female camera person. The former first lady would have paid tribute to her late mother had she won. 
I dream of going up to her and sitting down next to her, taking her in my arms and saying, look at me, listen to me. And as hard as it might be to imagine, your daughter will grow up and become the president of the United States. Instead, No, no, you won't. Thank God you won't. You won't. Now that's all that's left is that chipmunk you call a daughter. Clinton had to deliver this concession speech the day after she lost to Donald Trump in 2016. This is not the outcome we wanted. or we. Oh, it was the one I wanted. I loved every minute of it. That was the part I really loved was election night. When I saw all of these anti-American, subversive, Marxist, communist, gangsters, corrupt, welfare roach scum crying, crying. That was actually worth it. It really was. After all, it's what makes me smile to this day. It really does. And now we have to deal with, uh, you know, Mr. Stakes and Mr. End of Message and this feeble fascist diaper-wearing dimwit. But in the meantime, you never got to hold the position that all your crime that you got away with, for sure, I thought you were in. After all, who could have escaped the scandals? Whitewater, Filegate. Benghazi, Foster, I don't even know how many, Mina, Arkansas, and all the rest you were involved in, you walking fraud, you disgrace of a human being. The good news is, for a minute there, we had a good guy in. No planes, no energy. When the wind stops blowing, that's the end of your electric. Let's hurry up, (laughs) darling. Darling, is the wind blowing today? I'd like to watch television, darling. Every time I hear the voice, I think of $2 gas. Every time I hear the voice, I think of opportunity, economy thriving, bright future. Now instead, we're strapped with... Parking lot of a fast food restaurant so their children could use the internet to get their homework done. This is the United States of America, for God's sake. United States of America. We'll be back at the United States of America. Rolf and Rantoul, you're first. I went long. I'll be back. I fell into a burning uh, ring of fire. James Brown and Johnny Cash in the same show. I don't know. And the it's just too much. Too much pleasure. Rolf and Rantoul, you know, I appreciate you hanging on. Thank you. You bet, Sean. Number one, she had five years to put together that piece of fiction. If anybody <laughs> believes that that's the actual victory speech that she never got to uh, read, yeah. then they're just plain naive. Number two, after five years, it still sucks. Number three, thank God she lost. End of message. It's the best. Thank you, Ralph Rantoul. Very, very, very good. Now, you know, I have the utmost respect. Wicked smart Ralph from Rantoul. Always great points. But Mark in Chicago, he has equaled. I mean, no, no offense, Ralph, but this is a phenomenal point. Mark in Chicago. How are you? Very I love good. talking to you. I love when I grow up, I want to talk like you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That's yeah, a first. Um, so, so here's the thing. You're in the real estate business. You'll understand this clearly. You ever try and evict somebody from an apartment or a house in Chicago? Can't get it done, can you? No, you can't. Right? Why not? You may be the landlord, but the tenants, they have rights. In an abortion case, that tenant, that baby, has rights. I think. You wanna... yeah, I love it. Hoisted by their own petard. Let's make That's it harder it. 
to abort a baby than it is to evict the Section 8 housing roach. What do you say? I, 100%. And I'll give you the next perspective. The attitude that you need in order to, to uh, wipe it away and kill a baby like that, no different than a slave owner or a Nazi dehumanizing people so they can kill them. Okay? It's so, it's so astonishing Any- to me how, how society, I, I, I mean this, I'll never forget how in awe I was the first time I met one of these people capable of killing their own child. I, I was in awe. The, 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 so many things are, are, are insane with that perspective. So many things are evil and just wretched that it's, it's just overwhelming. It really is overwhelming, the idea that we are living amongst people, that their number one principle is that mothers can kill the kid. Forget about all the other stuff, not notifying the father, not notifying the parents if they're young girls and they've been conned by their teachers and the rest of it. Just the idea that you would sell anybody, any human being, any gender, anything, any race. You mean to tell me you think you should kill the baby? It's still mind-boggling, Mark. Thank you very much. I appreciate the call very much. But we are dealing with very bad people. We are dealing with very, very bad people. And how did they get to these positions? As I heard Hillary Clinton, not only was it nauseating and funny at the same time, as I heard her, I thought to myself, how in fact did she not go to jail? Remember the, oh, I, did you mean wipe it down? No, you know, when you were colluding with enemies of the, of the country, you know, in the same fashion that this imbecile, this, this feeble, dementia-ridden moron in diapers has destroyed our city, our, our nation, the same time collaborating with Russia, China, Ukraine, and any other two-bit dictator that wanted to bribe him and his crackhead son. And it can only come to one conclusion. They're protected right back to the organized Marxist mafia that our government has become. How could it possibly be? And it's very simple. It is a corrupt injustice system disguising itself, disguising itself as the Department of Justice. Oh, but it is. I'm well aware of FBI. My old neighborhood had meant forever bothering Italians. Now they're just part of the, what is it, Misty? Stanzi? Stasi, whatever. Grassley is an old man. Grassley is our old man, though. I like Grassley. He does talk like an old man, but I like him. like him very much. He said something in the Senate today that I thought was worth sharing with you. As we near the end of the year, I'd like to give it a little update on Justice Department responding to our congressional oversight. Uh, I've written several dozen letters uh, this year. Uh, to the Justice Department. These letters not only address Justice Department misconduct, but they also seek records. Those letters include a bipartisan request with Durbin uh, to DEA. That letter declared uh, or related to DEA's uh, oversight of foreign operations, Haiti. I've also written a bipartisan letter to the Bureau of Prisons with you mean you mean like when the Clinton Foundation raised all the money for Haiti? What happened to the money? Huh. Chairman Durbin, I've sent two letters with Republican members to with Republican members to Garland and Ray about uh, the publications of taxpayer information by ProPublica. I've asked about any investigations into the possible leak of hacks of that IRS data. The Justice Department and its components have failed to fully and completely respond.
to every letter I've written. Then who do the Justice Department, who do they answer to? Who watches the actions of the Justice Department, the very Justice Department, headed up by the Chicago Mafia member, ferret face, Merrick Garland? And with the exception of one ATF matter, the Justice Department has failed to produce records that I've requested. As one easy example for the Justice Department, on January 19th, 2021, then-President Trump issued a memorandum to the Attorney General, Director of National Intelligence, and the Director of Central Intelligence Agency. Uh, That memo directed them to declassify certain crossfire hurricane records for the public uh, dissemination. Since February this year, my staff and Senator Johnson's staff have requested an update from the Justice Department on what's been declassified. We're in December, and the Attorney General still has no answer. I've also asked the Department for records relating to Hunter Biden's October 2018 firearm incident, where his gun ended up in the trash can near a school. The ATF used the Freedom of Information Act to refuse production of these records when that law doesn't even apply to the Congress. Now, do you understand? So they're using the bureaucracy to protect their organized crime heads. That's the only conclusion you can come to. Understand that, that the lawyers at ATF don't even want to follow the law. They don't even know what the law says. I've asked for information related to Chinese nationals linked to the Chinese uh, 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 communist regime that are connected to some members of the Biden family. One individual, Patrick Ho, was not just linked to the Chinese regime. He was apparently connected to its intelligence service. Hunter Biden reportedly represented him for $1 million. $1 million to the Renaissance man, Hunter Biden? What about the 30-carat diamond? What about the billion and a half dollars from the Bank of China to both Hunter Biden and the tree from the Wizard of Oz, John Kerry's stepson. How could they get away with it? There's only one answer. They're protected by the very institution that is supposed to punish, investigate, and enforce the laws. That's how they get away with it. 312-642-5600. He's leaving. Gladys Knight. Gladys Knight. No, no, no. Is it Gladys Knight? Gladys Knight. Is that when she was with the Pips or without the Pips? Because I'm Pip friendly. I think it's Pips. Now, I know that the Stasi were the East German KGB, but Nick knows more, so let's go to Nick on the Northwest side. Hey. Yes. I thank God for you, man. You're doing a great job every day, every oh. second. Thank you. Um, oh, yeah, I thank you. Um, I'll make it fast. Uh, Stasi, the, the S before T or a P in German it has a H, SH sound, so it'll be Stasi. Stasi. Yeah, and then, yeah, but it's two words. It comes from two words: Staats Sicherheit. Oh, State that's good. security. And they, see, that's why the Germans are the language of love. That's why you know, I, oh, yeah. I when I was young, you know, whenever I watched adult films, I preferred them in German because I like oh. it's to me it's the language of love. Stupin, stupin, well, stupin, und. You know, how could you yeah, not find yeah. that romantic? Oh, oh, it's, it's, it's like, oh, it's kaput. Oh, yes. oh, oh, oh. It's perfect. So how do you say it? Give it to me one more time. Staatssicherheit, 
state security short Stasi. Yeah, you know why I refer to them instead of the Gestapo? Because the Gestapo went away with the Third Reich. But the right. rumor is that the Stasi actually stayed around even after 1990 because of their relation with the KGB. And you know what their whole thing oh, was? Sure. They used the power of the state against citizens that spoke out against it. Kind of like the Department of Justice and the FBI here. Hmm. Exactly. See a correlation. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate it very much. Oh, thank you, man. Bye. Yeah. Let's go with uh, Tyrannies with Sean on a Thursday. I like it. I personally think we can go far places with this. And there's another thing that the uh, fraud, statist, communist, Marxist always did. They protected the tyrant. For instance, you just knew that Stalin had good hair. You didn't know one arm was shorter than the other. You knew that Hitler had unique facial hair. You didn't know anything was wrong with the testicles. Wrong. The state protected him, kind of like they do here with our diaper wearer, fascist that he is. The president uh, today spoke about global press freedom during the summit. Yeah. Just wondering if he's going to commit to holding a year-end press conference. Well, one, I would say that global press freedom uh, is something that he uh, feels is important to stand up for, not just here, but when he is uh, traveling around the world and ensuring that your colleagues around the world uh, who are dealing with circumstances where uh, they don't, they are put in jail. Uh, yeah, but here, Pippi lie stocking with your fake red hair out of a bottle. What she asked you, Dimwit, was if he's going to do a press conference where you're not fluffing him up with the, the teleprompter six inches from his face. Uh, they don't have access to any officials. Uh, they are restricted from covering uh, uh, global events, human rights abuses around the world. Uh, not that what you don't all, all do isn't very challenging. I'm not suggesting that. But uh -huh. there are a lot of circumstances around the world that I think even go beyond. Uh, go beyond. Uh, I would say the president answers questions multiple times a week. Uh, I think he's done it already several times this week. I don't have a formal press conference with embroidered cushions to predict for you at this point in time. So that's a no? I just want to make sure that's a no, dummy. Well, maybe I understand why it's a no. After all, you can't let this moron out in public. I certainly faced periods of division. But at the end of the day, we've always found ways to come together. We can find that unity again. And the message said, end of message. Uh-huh. That's maybe why he can't have a press conference. Because somehow we've allowed dead people, illegal aliens, 81 million other frauds, to put this dimwit in diapers in. You have a brain cloud. Brain cloud? <sighs> brain cloud? I knew it. Well, I, I didn't know it, but I knew it. Brain cloud. It's exactly what we got going on. That's, and we've got a lot of this. Now to take an old man pee. Ow. 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 And I just gave you a preview of what a press conference with Diapers Biden would really sound like. I'll be back in 21 hours. Three stars.
Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.